PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Are you a team player? You may have heard that question before. Or perhaps you're a team leader that's facing more challenges than expected. Our guest this week is Michael Hoffman with Igniting Performance, who realizes firsthand that when a team is broke, it takes a very specific effort to reboot and start again. Here's Michael with this week's PDPW podcast titled, My Team is Broke. There's a great story in the annals of the Hoffman tradition. Uh, my family, a very large family, eight brothers and sisters. Uh, I am the eighth out of nine kids of Lou and Shirley Hoffman. Great family, actually. You know, we had a reputation of being a fun-loving family, and we were. My parents did a really great job of not only teaching us how to, you know, have a strong family, but modeling what real love was. Not a perfect family by any means. We still had our own, uh, our ills and uh, roughness when it comes to communications as, as a family that is that large would do. I mean, I slept in the same room with my two brothers until the day I got married. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we, we're not perfect in any ways. But there's one story that's, that, that stands out in the Hoffman tradition that we like to tell at Thanksgivings. Um, And it's basically two of my sisters were having a rough time in their teenage years. And it was early in the morning. One is coming from the bathroom. The other one's heading towards the bathroom. They pass each other in the hallway. One of them whispers, good morning. And the other one whips around and says, what did you say? And the other one whips back and says, I said, good morning. And the other one said, you did not. And a a fight broke out. Well, it was it was epic, and it became one of the epic fights that we love to talk about because it lasted a long time and it infected everything. We love to laugh at that story and tell that story often only because it really was epic in the venomness and the pain that it caused in that time of our life that we can look back at now and and sort of poke fun at. But uh, we actually had those things happen throughout our lives all the time. And, and in its worst case, when my parents passed away, my father passed away a couple of years ago at the ripe old age of 92. And The few years preceding that, you saw the challenges that started to grow within this tight community of siblings, of all kinds of things, from who would take care of mom and dad to who had what responsibility and most families fall apart because nobody wants to take care of our elder our elders but we all wanted to take care of and that led to just as much angst and problems you know of making decisions and we we went from a family that was quite tight and for each other you know the old adage that of i can make fun of my my siblings all i want but you can't make fun of my siblings you know that type of thing <laughs> or um you know i am for you I, I could i would I, we pass it on to our kids that you can always rely on the family for being there for you and sort of that mentality and that that epicness of being involved in a large organization that camaraderie that you had, that underlying idea, concept that the family will always be there for you until they weren't. You know, it started to get worse and worse. As my parents became older, we we fought more. We, we didn't communicate more. And there was a few things that started to sneak in into how we worked with each other because we didn't. <laughs> we didn't work with each other. As a matter of fact, fiefdom started to build and defensiveness and hurt feelings that were never really addressed. And oh my gosh, all kinds of things to the point where I told my sister at one time, if we don't 
if we don't get our hands around this, it will be the end of the late great Hoffmans, <laughs> you know? And sad to say, when my father passed away a few years ago, it was. We imploded. I'm really sad to report that the Hoffmans did indeed implode, and it's taken years to even begin to reconcile. And I have hope that we will one day, you know, become the tight family that we are. We all want it, but we sure do have to cover a lot of ground before we get back to the way I remember how it used to be where you were always for me. Fast forward to the business life or sidestep to the business life, if you will. And I'm doing a uh, an off-day retreat with an organization that's got a large team. And I mean a large team, like 32 people. We are working on communication. It's all about communication because in their words, our team is broke. We don't talk well with each other. We're not for each other. We don't go out of our way to be proactive with each other in any way. And because of that, it's impacting our service levels. Our customers feel it. And it's really gotten to the point where nobody likes to work here. (laughs) You know, I just don't want to be on the farm. I don't want to help. I'm not proactive in throwing my hat into the ring for anything above and beyond. And because of that, I will do my work and I will earn my paycheck. But that's about it. We're broke. We're absolutely broke. Help us fix it, Hoffman. And I have to tell you, we we had a a weekend retreat to to address some things, and I started to recognize some commonalities. And I've been doing this over and over with organizations, so I want to bring it to you. You know, when it comes to a broke team, when it comes to a team that might not be completely destroyed, but we're in a position where we're not as effective as we could be, there are several reasons why it's happening. And you know what I have found uh, is that when we start to address underlying issues and we proactively take action on dealing with those things, we have a better attempt at rebooting the way we want our culture than anything else. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is how do we reboot our teams? How do we reboot our families? Let's say we've had some challenges. Maybe we've got some history under the bridge and we want a fresh start. How do we do that? Well, the first thing is, is to really start to identify what's wrong. What's wrong? And I want to throw out a few concepts to you because this might be, this might be happening with you. And the biggest thing that I see with teams that are quote unquote broke is that we have moved from an approach, a philosophy where when I think of the people that I work with, the intent of their actions has changed. Like it was in my family growing up, we had an underlying intent that was the motto or sort of unspoken way our family worked. And that was, you can always depend on your family. In other words, when I thought about my siblings, I always thought the best. If anything came up that was contrary to that, I would question it first because I know they didn't mean it that way. Or no, that was not their intent. Uh, Call them up, uh, pick up the phone and and see what the issue is because I know they didn't mean that. You know, that that first reaction was to give a positive spin at anything I'm receiving from anybody on my team. It's a very healthy culture. That's how you know you've got a strong team, strong family, is that the first thing I think about you is positive. 
But over time, especially with challenges that we face every single day, we start to build these examples. We start to build these interactions, these moments, and we we start to shift where instead of thinking the best, my intent is kind of gone, goes through a negative filter. And I start to shift from seeing everything in a positive light to the first thing I think of is a negative light. You didn't mean that very positively. Or the first thing I think of is what you just said in a negative way. So instead of thinking you are for me, my first thought is you are literally against me. And that has massive ramifications with how we work with each other. Intent is everything. Now, I know that how you and I talk or how how you and I communicate effectively is impacted by my day, is impacted by the things, the challenges that I'm facing, is impacted by the way that um, I've woken up. Did I have breakfast? Did I not have breakfast? Am I tired? All those influence how I'm receiving information. But sometimes, especially in a challenging situation, I have to go out of my way to remind myself that I am not part of the psychic network. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know really what your intent is. And so the first thing I have to do is consider it to be in a positive light. And if I don't do that, I have to call it on myself because I am literally painting a picture that is being made up. And I literally have to watch that. And that's a really big concept to get your head around because the filter that I receive information and how I interpret information is in direct proportion to how I deliver my response. I mean, I have to make conscious choices in how I'm going to respond. And most of our day is on the fly. I'm not thinking about my response. I just react. Well, you can imagine if you're in an unhealthy situation, we respond unhealthily. (laughs) So I got a question for you. Does your team know that you are for them? Think about that. Does the people on my team know that the people that they work with are for them? And the reason why that little concept is so important is because subconsciously, if you are not for me, I have to be for me. Does that make sense? If you are not going to be for me, I am going to have to be for me. That is a massive foundational concept that helps me understand why I behave the way that I do. So if I'm on the receiving end of it and you're walking into a tense situation, you've felt what it feels like to be that self-preservation type of thing, that self-approach type of thing, where I'm going to have to go out of my way to, you know, over-decipher what you mean because I don't automatically see what you're seeing as being positive from my point of view. You can imagine how other people work when they're working with you and they don't think that you are for them. Or maybe we're not getting along so well with our group. Or maybe think we're just tired and, and we're overworked. Whatever the situation is, how I have to be over communicative in certain ways so that you're not interpreting what I mean in a negative way. So you can imagine when the culture, when, the, when, the, when our times are off, when we're broken, how important it is 
to fix it, to reestablish the intent of how we work with each other, to reestablish that I am for you, that our team members are for each other, that we know how to listen to each other, that we know how to, to sacrifice and to give for each other, that we know how to serve each other. So I've got a few tips on how to restore a broken team, how to break that cycle, and how to fix the way we have colored the intent of how our communication is given and how it's received. So the first tip that I have for you is to literally break the cycle. I want you to do something different. If you've got a team that's not working well with each other, you've got to jar the system. So I suggest that you do something different. Get them off campus. Do something where you can have a a retreat, a mini retreat, a fun day. I, I really recommend that you find an opportunity to either break away from the tornado of life and business and just get together as humans whether it's for a breakfast or a half day or find a way to play together, do a, a happy hour or uh, an opportunity where we, we literally play games with each other. The more we can break bread with each other to be together and start to see each other as the people that we are and to start to you know fill in those nooks and crannies of what my brain does naturally with reality, the better. The reason why I'm doing this is I'm trying to fill in the things, the gaps that my brain fills in when it's trying to interpret my world. Like, for instance, if I don't have your intent, I'm going to fill in the intent and guess the intent. That's why it's so important. If I'm in a negative mood, I'm going to see everything that you do as negative. Or if I see our relationship in a negative way, I'm going to see everything that you do as negative. So I've got to break that automatic assumption that my brain does without me thinking about it by making personal connections. So my first big tip is to break the cycle, do something different, get each other, get get off campus, get a chance to play uh, and really bump into each other as people. I'm talking about have a picnic, laser tag, a frozen turkey bowling, you know, do something where you have fun and break bread together. And my recommendation is you do it on a regular basis. Uh, once a quarter and, and do it big once a year. It's those events that keep a family together and keep a family greased in the way that we communicate with each other. The other tip that I have is look for patterns. You know, there's an old saying that says, if I'm called an SOB, and you know what SOB stands for, if I'm called an SOB, let it go. The other person may may be having a bad day. But if five people call me an SOB, I would look into the SOB thing. <laughs> and we've talked about this a lot. You know, so I, I sometimes that, you know, I, I'll take a situation and I'll take it for what it's worth, whatever the situation is, whatever the reason is, the, the, what your emotions, everything else. And I'll put that in its place. And if it's heightened in one area, I may let it go. But if I start to see patterns around a certain area, maybe around a certain topic, or if there's a certain way that we communicate with each other, uh, like for instance, somebody being short, somebody blowing up too fast, somebody being a bully in meetings, then if it happens more than once or on a regular basis, it must be addressed. The patterns start to show and you've got to get those 
you've got to get those patterns on the table. So start to look for patterns in behavior and then find opportunities where you can have a one-on-one and get it on the table and say, what's up with that? And my big suggestion for you is to bring specific examples. Because when we're too general in our observations, I have a tendency to fight it. Like, you're always late. Well, I can think of three times when I'm not late. Or if you've got an example of when I was short or when I blew up or when I rolled my eyes, I I won't be able to fight you. So try to bring as many specific examples to bring the topic up and to have conversations. But the fact is that we, you know, if one thing happens, let it go. But if you start to see patterns, it must be addressed and it must be addressed with specific examples. Another big tip is to have regular huddles. If you are not connecting just for a, a bit, whether it's once a week, Monday morning huddles, or you know Tuesday get-togethers, or maybe it's daily where you're, you get the team together or the shift together that says before we kick in, before we get out to the farm, before we start you know, working with the animals, let's just touch base with us. How are you doing? And make that personal connection. And in the huddles, I, I know you, you, you may already do this. I know a lot of you do. But I'm going to ask you to throw in a few things. And that is, on a regular basis, meaning every time, you set aside a few minutes to talk about what works. To, to have that five minute of, of a praise report to literally go out of your way, make it part of the agenda. We never skip it because I want to train people to start to bring their observations of what is good with us on a regular basis, weekly basis, daily basis. I love praise reports and I I love to set them up with my teams. In other words, every week we're going to have a praise report and you are responsible for bringing one a week. And what that does is it trains my teams to start looking for the good in each other that we that we work with. You know, there are lots of opportunities for us to get better, but when a team is broke, it takes a very specific effort to reboot and to start again. And so if you're going to change how we work with each other, the way that we see each other, the intent of how I receive information and how we see each other, then break the cycle, do something different, have a retreat, pay attention to, are you for me? What can I do? What can I say to let them know that I am literally for you and get them to do that for each other? Look for the patterns, and when you see a pattern start to emerge, address it sooner than later. Specific examples really help. And get together on a regular basis and teach your people to look for the praise in each other. You do that, and you'll start to uh, not only reboot a team that is broken, but you'll start to build a stronger foundation for a team that's going well. That when the storms come and the winds blow, a house that is built on something firm like that can withstand it all. Strong families, strong teams. Let's build it on purpose. We'll talk to you soon. Our thanks to Michael Hoffman of Igniting Performance for today's message on the PDPW Weekly Podcast. For more on Michael, head to his website, ignitingperformance.com. From the professional dairy producers, you are the most important asset on this planet. And we thank you for joining us each week for these podcasts. Have a great week. PDPW, Dairy's professional development organization. More details at pdpw.org.